When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash 7lamb. That's the number 7 L-A-M-B. And you can donate as little as a dollar a month, and it all goes to helping us create content such as this. We have a lot of bonus content on there, too, so definitely check it out. Once again, that's patreon.com slash 7lamb, the number 7 L-A-M-B. Thanks, and enjoy the next episode of Atlas Avenue Beat. Seven Lamb Productions presents Atlas Avenue Beat Case 1 The Silver Casket Part 7 The Stakeout Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I stayed late into the night questioning Terrence. He told me he believed that his family was innocent no matter what any of the members said. The problem is no one had offered any insight into what could have happened. The O'Reilly family was owner of the Captain Kitten's Litter Factory. An important merger was going through with Sailor Snake's Reptile Farm. The companies wanted to join forces. Apparently you can replace cat litter with ground up snake skin and it makes the litter biodegradable and safe for the ozone. The merger was set for March 14th, but the Sailor Snakes Company, run by the Bennings family, wanted to start sooner. Now the meeting would be held this Saturday. But if word got out that Desmond Grant, the O'Reilly's business partner, was in jail for the murder of Papa O'Reilly, the merger would fall as flat as a prepubescent's chest. It had to be a burglar. That was easy to say, but nothing was stolen. And if the O'Reilly family members were innocent, and Desmond Grant was innocent, then who would have come into the house, shot Papa O'Reilly, and taken off without a thing? Outside of the O'Reilly family, everyone loved Jeffrey O'Reilly. Or so I heard. It didn't make sense. I needed those police reports. Hopefully Paul will drop them off first thing tomorrow. I was running out of time. As I left the O'Reilly mansion, a storm had moved in. Terrence awoke Butler to have him walk me out. I stood on the gravel driveway, watching the lightning in the distance. I noticed that the work lights for the west wing were still on, providing a soft gold glow. Guess Terrence forgot to turn them off. Or maybe it was Butler. Finally, the cab had arrived just before the first raindrop fell. I climbed in and hit home.
walked into the apartment, kicked off my shoes, unbuckled my belt, untucked my shirt, loosened my tie, unclipped my gun, shimmied off my socks, unfastened my watch, unbuttoned my pants, flipped off my hat, tossed my notebook and pen, released my pants, lifted off both shirts, and blasted out my underwear. And then fell on the couch naked as the day I was born. Minus the witness. I was asleep before I knew it. I mean, it's really impossible to know when you fall asleep. Who the hell owns a rooster? I awoke slowly, shambled my way to the shower and let the cool water wash over me. It was nice. Almost too nice. Wait, what am I talking about? Why am I skeptical of a shower? Uh, this case was taking a toll on me. A new day. Time to make some progress. First things first. I headed to the bank and deposited Terence O'Reilly's check. He had paid me half of my fee last night. The other half would come when I finished the case. Normally I wouldn't accept payment this way, except that the first payment he gave me was actually more than I make in a year. I was now, how do you say, ballin'? After the bank, I headed to the office. If you wanna go and take a ride with me, we three wheeling in the foe with the goldies. Oh, why must I live this way? Hey, must be the money. Good morning, Mr. J. How are you today? Quite all right, Edith, but I'm on a time crunch. Can you bring me my messages? And call Paul, see when he's bringing the files. He already fucking did, Mr. J. He already dropped by? He's still here. He's in your office. Oh. Hey, Paul. What are you doing? Paul stood in front of a small stack of boxes. Both of his hands were behind his back and the head of an axe was sticking out from behind him. Was he seriously trying to hide an axe behind his back? I just came to drop off those files for you, Jimmy Jones. Okay, but what's behind your back? Nothing. But I need to ask you one question and I want it straight. No pussyfooting around the answer. You just wanted to say pussy, didn't you? Jimmy Jones, this is serious. And that is true. Paul, what is it? Are you sleeping with my wife? Paul, I already told you that I'm not. Are you sure she's sleeping with someone? I'm a detective. Of course I know she is. But I don't know with who. Whom? Who? Whatever. And I'm just messing around. <laughs> I knew it wasn't you. And if I said yes, were you going to kill me with that axe? What? What axe, Jimmy Jones? I don't have an axe. I can see it clearly behind your back. Oh, that's not an axe. It's a pen. 
It takes two hands to hold a pen? I... I don't want to drop it. I can't believe you were thinking about killing me. Who's going to kill Mr. J? No, we're okay, Edith. Hey, is that my... Uh, pen? Is that my pen? No, it's my pen. It's not a pen. God damn. Give me back my goddamn pen, you tubby shit. Hey, get off me, you scrawny cat-loving bitch. It's mine! Edith! Oh! There shouldn't even be an axe in the office. Will you guys relax? I was looking all over the fucking office for this. That's it, Edith. No more axe. But it's my pen! Edith! It's a big pen! I'm serious. If that axe is here by the time I get back, I'm going to have to let you go. What? I'm sorry. It's bad for business. Plus, apparently anyone can just take it from you. No more axe. (laughs) Okay, Mr. Locke. Boy, oh boy, she is a feisty one. I like that. When we wrestled, my shoulder grazed her boob. Twice. I'd like to roast her rump, if you know what I mean. Paul, how can you say things like that? Especially when you're the one who's claiming your wife is cheating on you. Because it's different. I don't do anything. It's all talk. Lorraine and I are meant to be together. My penis and her vagina are just like a key and lock. They just fit perfectly. That's weird. I know you think that's a metaphor, but it isn't. My penis kind of curves to the left, and so does her vagina. It's like we were made for each other. Paul, that's uh, that's more than I needed to know. Then you're not going to like this. Her vagina whistles when you touch it, and my balls hang extremely low. Why are you telling me these things? Let's move on. Are those all the files for the O'Reilly case? They sure are. I'll need them back when you're done. Well, it shouldn't be long. I only have till Friday to figure this whole thing out. The merger's been moved up. Mr. Locke, um, here are your messages. Are you okay, Edith? I don't know why you're upset. I'm just asking you to get rid of your axe. I don't want to fire you. (laughs) I know. I was skimming over the messages when I came across the last one. Poor Angela Husband. I'd forgotten about Angie. Edith, what time did Angela call? Who? Whore Angela. Oh, she called only a few minutes ago. Paul, I need to make a call. Is this about the O'Reilly case? No, it's about Angela and her husband. Is that the girl who helps to do our Russian friend during the sting operation? Yes. I want to put my hand in her pants. Paul! Sorry, Jimmy Jong. Is this another cheating husband case? Seems to be. But I won't know for sure till tonight. Looks like I'll be on a stakeout. Hmm. You mind if I come along? Why do you want to come along? It'll be like old times. You and me. The nighttime. Hanging out. Sharing memories. Throwing a couple logs on the fire. Marshmallows and s'mores. Scary stories. Bug spray. And a hammock. You just described camping. We never did stakeouts together, did we? No, but we did go camping. We should go camping again sometime. Paul, what's the real reason you want to come along? It's been a while since I've been on a stakeout. Maybe I could learn a few tips from you that would help me catch my wife's lover. If your wife has a lover. There is no ifs in team. What? Sorry, I was daydreaming about Edith's boobies. Fine, Paul, you can join me. But it won't be till five. That's when he gets off work. Angie says every Monday he calls with an excuse to stay at work later. She thinks he's seeing someone. We'll find out if there's any truth to that. A true investigative duo, like Laurel and Hardy. 
They weren't an investigative duo. Ha-ha! <laughs> All right! <sighs> Gotta make that call now. Paul high-fived me like an idiot and then took off. I called Angela right after he left. She told me normally her husband Ed would call to inform her of his lateness, but this time he had told her before he left the house this morning. He would have to stay an extra two hours after work to help organize some important files. Ed was a bookkeeper for Carolyn Bailey's. I would head over there around four, but since I still had six hours, I decided to go through some files. It didn't take long before my desk was a mess. Notes, files, folders were strewn about. Murder, suicide, death, money, family. Was this a family feud? Was this a burglary? It didn't take long before it was four o'clock. I made no progress on the case, but it was time to move on to the stakeout. Good, I needed a break. I called Paul. I just put on my camo pants, black boots, and square necklace. You can just wear normal clothes. Last time I was on a stakeout, I wore normal clothes, and the guy got away. I don't think you can link those two things together, buddy. What can I say? I'm a superstitious guy. It's like my Uncle Billy used to say. Very superstitious, writings on the wall. Very superstitious, ladders about to fall. Thirteen-month-old baby, broke the looking glass. Seven years in bad luck, the good old things in your past. Your uncle used to sing Stevie Wonder songs? He loved Motown, almost as much as crack cocaine. R.I.P. Uncle Billy. Jesus. OMW. What? On my way. We arrived outside the large office building at 4.32. Paul parked on the other side of the street. We'd picked up Chinese food on our way over. We sat in the car, eating and waiting. Man, 
just like old times. But Paul, we never did this before. Oh yeah? You know what? This actually reminds me of that one movie. Which one? Stakeout? Who's in that? <laughs> the mighty duck man himself, Emilio Estevez, and Richard Dreyfus. Nah, not that one, the other movie. Another Stakeout? With Rosie O'Donnell? No, no, no. The one with Neo. Neo? The Matrix? That's it. Nothing we're doing right now is like The Matrix. Sure it is. Remember that scene when Neo and the One are in the van listening in on their sexy neighbor who stole all the diamonds from the family of transsexual vampires? First off, Neo is the One. And secondly, none of that happened in The Matrix. Sure it did. That's why it's one of my favorite comedies. You also thought Scarface had a sting operation with an interracial dwarf duo. What movies are you watching? Only the best. Right. Paul, can I ask you about this O'Reilly case while we have some time? I'll do my best to answer any questions you had, but remember, Jimmy Jones, that wasn't my case. I had to pull a few strings and a couple ropes to get those files. And I thank you for that. But I was wondering if you had any new information on Vendel and or Carter. Someone had to hire them to kill me. Someone who didn't want me solving this O'Reilly murder. They won't talk. We've tried everything. I even tickled them. As an interrogation technique? Nah, just to have some fun. Then perhaps you can get me some alone time with him. Alone time? You want to fuck these guys? No, I just want to talk. See if I can get anything out of them. If you're thinking about tickling them... I'm not thinking about tickling them. I don't know, Jimmy John. The captain wouldn't like that. Well, I need something else. I'm at a standstill. The interviews with the family provided nothing. The only one who heard any kind of scuffle was the grandfather, and he's senile as shit. The files say nothing was stolen, so I'm ruling out any kind of burglary. The files also say the gun was on the other side of the room when the father was found, so that basically rules out suicide. So what? It was either a family member or it was, in fact, Desmond Grant. But then why? You know what? We're eating Chinese food. Takeout. And we're on a stakeout. Those are like the same thing with an S in front. Paul, did you hear anything I just said? Yes, Jimmy John. But it's out of my hands. I did all I could. I would only need a half hour with Vendel or Carter. Either one. Just a chance. Hmm. Okay, ten minutes. I'll see what I can do. Thanks, Paul. At that moment I saw him. Angie's husband. Ed was leaving the building. Paul, there. He's leaving. I see him. Ed was on foot until he reached the parking garage on the corner. I told Paul to park the car. I jumped out and followed Ed into the parking garage. He went to the third floor and climbed into his Z8 Roadster and headed down the ramp. I ran back down the stairs and out onto the street over to Paul's car. That's him. Coming out now. Good. We followed him for miles until he stopped at a Starbucks and went inside. We waited outside and watched him through the large windows. Ed ordered two coffees. Twenty bucks says the second coffee's for his lover. Maybe he drinks a lot. Ed sat down on a large green couch and set the two coffees on a black table in front of him. A moment later he got up and suddenly went into the bathroom. 
Suddenly another man entered the Starbucks. He wore slacks, a dress shirt, and a tie. He sat on the couch. Oh no, that guy is going to steal his coffee. Paul shimmied in his seat and pulled out his gun. What are you doing, Paul? We're on a stakeout. Plus, you can't shoot someone for stealing coffee. What about tea? No, shouldn't you know this? Paul grumbled and holstered his weapon. I turned my attention back to the man who began drinking one of the coffees when Ed came out of the bathroom. Ed sat down right next to this man. He said something to him and they both laughed and sipped their coffee. Great! Now he's friends with that coffee thief. I hate when people just let people steal things. Like, yeah, I don't need this. I'll give it to the crook so he can prosper in the criminal underworld. You should have let me shoot him. I don't think that's what's going on. Then it happened. Ed and this man kissed. See that? I did. Angela's husband is cleaning this criminal's face with his tongue as if he's a cat. Paul, are you serious? You really don't see what's going on here? Oh. Yes. Ed here is a homosexual. A Democrat. Did you just say Democrat? No. Yes, you did. Wait, Ed is gay? I think it's pretty obvious. That's his lover right there. How'd you not piece that together? You're a detective. Oh, man. That's some gross stuff, Jimmy John. I just watched gay porn. Not really. I need to take a shower. Bleh. Let's go somewhere I can look at titties. A strip club. A whorehouse. A porno shop. The Applebee's. I don't have time for that, Paul. They're kissing again. Ugh, I think I'm gonna throw up. I was a bit surprised. Sure, the man was flamboyant, but I did not see this coming. I was wondering how Angie would take the news. She's been with this man for over two years. We left Starbucks and head back to the office. Paul stopped by Erotic Desires, a porn shop, to pick up a copy of Ass Angels 4. It helped his dry heaving. He then dropped me off and left. I headed up to my office. It was six o'clock on the dot. Edith had probably gone home for the night, except for her purse was still on her desk. Did she leave it behind? I went into my office and sat at my desk. I called Edith first, but no answer. I then called Angie. I told her the bad news. She did not openly sob, but I'm sure her eyes were glazed over, a possible tear or two running down her cheeks. She thanked me and hung up. I wanted to comfort her more. Now that that's over, I can concentrate on the O'Reilly case. Hopefully Paul can get me some alone time with Vendel or Carter. Alone time? That does sound kind of sexual, but I swear I did not want to fuck those guys. Forget it, I'm going home. No more for tonight. I'll deal with everything tomorrow. I let the phone ring as I grabbed my jacket and hat off the rack. Good. Whoever was calling can wait until tomorrow. Sorry, pal. I'm going home. I 
I grabbed Edith's purse. I didn't want to leave it here. Then I noticed her cell phone charging in the corner of the room. Was she still here? Jesus, who is it? I grabbed the phone. James Locke here. Jimmy Jones. What is it, Paul? I've been trying to reach you. What is it? Get out of the office. What's going on? Arthur just called me from the precinct. Carter suck a dick escaped. Knocked out one of the guards, stole his gun. They think he's coming for you. And that's when I heard the footsteps ascending the staircase. For a second I thought it may be Edith coming back for her purse. But a moment later, out of the darkness of the stairwell emerged Carter. With a gun. Atlas Avenue Beat. Written and edited by Robert M. Lamb. Starring Jack Austin as Locke. Amy LeRae as Edith. Jose Caraballo as Paul. Brian Messick as Arthur. Shannon McCarthy as Lorraine. Megan Austin as Angela. Co-starring Hope Ennis, Amber Simpson, Shannon Lee, Mike Butler, Ashley Wilkins, John Lassiveth, Jean Lamb, Mike Lenhart, Matthew Manning, and Robert M. Lamb. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. This has been a Seven Lamb production. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details